Narcissism finds its roots in Greek mythology. Narcissus was a man who fell in love with his own reflection in a pool of water. In today's terms, narcissism means to derive gratification out of vanity or the egotistical admiration of one's own attributes. It is seen as a form of self-defeating pride. I, for one, completely disagree with this view of narcissism. There is absolutely nothing wrong with narcissists. Appreciating, falling in love with one's own attributes, is a good thing. It's a hell of a lot better than trying to be selfless, which is not actually possible. But our culture has been heavily influenced for thousands of years by biblical Christianity, which recognizes self-love as vanity and ultimately as pride. Now pride, as you may know, is one of the original seven sins, and so sadly, Narcissus has become the poster child not only for self-love, but for pride. As a result, we confuse self-love with selfishness when they are drastically different things. It is crucial when we are trying to understand narcissism to separate out in our minds the difference between self-love and selfishness. Most people think narcissism is an extreme force of self-love. This is not the case. Narcissism happens when someone perceives an extreme lack in resources, like love. Self-love is defined as a deep devotion or affection for yourself. And this really should be the case, because you opted into your one perspective that you call by your name. You are the only one that will be with you until you die. You should be your number one priority in life, and you should love yourself above everything else. Selfishness is defined as concern only for one's own welfare, benefit, and interests, regardless of the impact on others. Selfishness is not a natural state. It only occurs when a person is focused on and convinced of the lack in their life. We so often confuse self-love and selfishness when there is an enormous difference between the two. Selfishness is created when a person who does not know how to love themselves and meet their own needs feels that internal deprivation and then spends their time trying to fill that hole externally. It is very uncomfortable to spend time around a selfish individual because you will constantly feel like that person is taking and taking from you. They do not know how to get or create what they want without taking it from someone else. They do not know how to love themselves, so their life depends on getting you to give them those things. If you don't, they are at a loss of what to do. They feel powerless and they get angry because they are scared. But when we take a step back, compassion will show us that they come from a space of internal starvation. Expecting them not to jump at the opportunity to take what they are starving for is like expecting a starving child to not steal food. People who are considered selfish, like the narcissist, and people who are considered selfless, like the self-sacrificer, both come from the same mentality of lack. That is why they are a perfect vibrational match and why they continue to find one another. Both of them see energy in the world, especially love, as a finite resource that can be used up. They do not recognize it for the eternal stream of energy that is infinite and always flowing. The selfless person feels as if they must surrender love and other resources because of the belief that giving it to themselves means they are depriving someone else of that love and those resources. 
as if there is only so much to go around. The selfish person also thinks that there is only so much to go around, but they feel no deep connection or affinity with other people, and so they think they must take love and other resources from them, otherwise they will not have enough to survive themselves. When you are completely in alignment, there is no way for anyone to take enough energy from you that you would ever feel a deficiency, because the stream of energy that is flowing through your body is infinite. Honestly, a narcissist is not likely to watch this video, and if they do, they're definitely not likely to identify themselves as a narcissist and to find healing. The reason is, to find healing, a narcissist has to admit to the repressed trauma within their being. They have to relive the pain which created the condition in the first place. And that pain, which is deeply repressed and forgotten, is so painful that a narcissist would rather avoid it than confront it. I will say that the two most crucial things for a narcissist to do to find healing is number one, to change their beliefs about the hostility of the world that they live in and about themselves and their own self-worth so that they can start to develop a capacity for intimacy. That intimacy will enable them to feel a connection with other people and that connection will enable them to feel affinity for people. It will enable them to care about others. Two, they need to develop an abundance mentality about all aspects of life from money to love. Everything in their life needs to be seen as an infinite resource, not as a limited resource that they don't have enough of. Even though there is always the rare exception, narcissists are created in a very specific way. The narcissist was a child who was unable to conform to the fantasy that one parent or another, or both, held for the child's personality or behavior. They cannot figure out how to please the adult. As a result, the child was treated as if they were willful and difficult. This child was the problem child. The parent personalized the child's behavior and developed resistance to the child. The parent then punished the child in covert and overt ways. They called the child selfish and ungrateful. They resented the child on a deep level and as a result the child was seen as a threat on a subconscious level by the adult. The environment between the child and this primary attachment figure was therefore a hostile one on an emotional level and perhaps even a physical level. As a result, this child could not attach to its primary attachment figure. They do not attach to adults. They do not trust adults. Instead, they develop a selfish and hostile worldview because they feel so unloved. They believe that the world is the same as their relationship with their parent is that the world is without warmth, acceptance, and love. They close down emotionally. They believe that the world is unsafe and that everyone is out for their own. They lose hope for being lovable. They feel completely unworthy and embark on a mission to feel good about themselves. Shame, distrust, rage, and neediness accumulate over the child's life into adulthood. In an unloving world where they do not deserve love, they cannot get love and they cannot get their needs met freely from others. They have to manipulate people to get what they need. This is what creates the foundation of narcissistic personality disorder, which is not a disorder, it is an adaptation. It is not a joke. Narcissistic parents breed either narcissistic children or powerlessly codependent, selfless children. Most people who seek fame seek fame because they grew up in this kind of environment, because their lives are nothing but a perpetual search for self-worth. 
This is the real reason why most people in Hollywood can't make relationships work. It's because their capacity to love is dependent upon their primary relationship, which was one which developed narcissism. Compassion is necessary when dealing with narcissists. The truth about narcissists is that they live with some of the most painful beliefs and therefore some of the most painful lives that can be found on this earth. Most people believe that narcissism is an extreme form of self-pride, that these people have high levels of self-esteem. The truth could not be farther from this. These people seek self-gratification in the form of esteem. They search for self-worth perpetually because they have low levels of self-esteem. They don't have pride. What they have is a terrible sense of self-worth. But what should we do if we chronically attract a narcissist into our life? If we attract narcissists into our life, it's time to look at our own past traumas and our own personalities. Many people who attract narcissistic people into their lives, just like the narcissist, had self-centered parents or caregivers growing up. They felt unloved by their parents because they grew up feeling like their parents were constantly trying to take from them instead of give to them. Narcissistic parents tend to treat their children like extensions of themselves. As a result, their children are used to achieve something for themselves. Pangent moms are a good example of this. Their children do not feel seen or valued for who they really are. As a result, this becomes a trauma. The being of any person desires to heal trauma, and so when this child grows up, they will find themselves recreating the relationship with their parents, either with friends or bosses or significant others. They do this in order to try to solve the original trauma. If they can get someone like mommy or daddy, who is just as selfish, to love them, then in a way they can heal from their past because they conquered that trauma. They can feel like mommy or daddy does love them. But here's the catch. If they can't get someone like mommy or daddy to love them, then it means they are unlovable and that their parents were right about them. We attract people into our lives that are at the same emotional level that we are at. This is why the narcissists and the people who are self-sacrificers find themselves together so often. But this is also good news. It means that the more that we heal our own personality structure and our own traumas, the more of a match we will be to people who are capable of a reciprocal relationship, the less we will attract narcissists into our lives, and the less we will be narcissistic. So you're probably wondering, how do I know whether I have a narcissistic person in my life? If you want to know, ask yourself these questions. 1. Is there a reciprocity in the relationship? Or is one person always the giver and the other always the taker? 2. Are you able to be yourself in the relationship? Do you feel like you have to play down your talents to make them feel less threatened? Or does this friend celebrate you and allow you to shine in your own right? 3. Is there a sharing of vulnerability on both sides, meaning that you can both discuss your real feelings with each other? 4. Do you trust this person with your feelings, or do you find yourself on guard? Have they ever used your feelings against you? 5. Can your friend give you empathy and understanding, or do they give you sympathy which makes you feel less than them? 6. Does this friend bring out the best in you? Do you feel good about yourself in the presence of this person? Do you get to be your real self, both in good times and in bad times? 7. When issues come up that need to be discussed, is this friend accountable for their own behavior? Are they capable of self-awareness and self-evaluation?
Eight, are you allowed to have healthy boundaries with this person? When setting boundaries, does it cause problems between you? Do you feel like setting boundaries would mean losing them? Or are your needs and wants understood and easily worked through between the two of you? Nine, do you care about each other for who you are as people rather than what you do in your accomplishments or do for them? Ten, does the friend exploit you for his or her own ends or value what you bring to the relationship? If you find that you have the tendency to line yourself up with narcissists, it will be very crucial for you to define a healthy sense of boundaries. An easy way to understand boundaries is that they are always defined by your feelings. If you honor your feelings, you honor your boundaries. Those of you who line up with narcissists would benefit by looking at my video on YouTube titled Oneness versus Boundaries, How to Develop Healthy Boundaries. You are not going to be able to cause a narcissist to start caring about you and to start healing. This needs to be something they want to do in and of themselves. Which is why it's so crucial for you to focus on your own aspect of healing and not make it about changing anything about the narcissist. But beware when you begin to honor your own boundaries that you will see much less of the narcissist. True narcissists are energy vampires. If you do not let them feed off of your energy, they will leave to find another person to feed off of out of necessity because they do not yet know how to generate energy within themselves. You do not want to be near someone who feeds off of your energy perpetually, so let them go. Let their place in your life be filled by people who have the capacity for love, intimacy, and reciprocation. If you tend to attract narcissists, it's a good idea to watch my YouTube video titled Energy Vampires as well. I don't want to make it seem like it's impossible to rehabilitate a narcissist, because it is. In fact, unconditional love is the vibration that will rehabilitate a narcissist. But chances are, if the narcissist in your life is bothering you, it's because you have unhealed aspects of yourself. That's the unhealed trying to heal the unhealed, and it never works like that. So what you need to do is be very honest with yourself about whether it's self-loving to offer unconditional love to a narcissist or whether that is self-hating. Is it instead self-loving for you to allow yourself to set boundaries and to go in the direction of loving relationships instead? If you are a person who attracts narcissists, it is crucial that you begin to figure out your own needs and wants and to honor them. It is also crucial that you examine your outdated beliefs about selfishness and about self-sacrifice. Have realistic expectations of a narcissist. Think of them like a starving child. Asking a starving child to share food is an unrealistic expectation, but this is what we are doing when we are expecting reciprocation from a narcissist. If you adjust your expectations of them and get your needs met elsewhere, it will be easier to let them be how they are and not take their behaviors so personally. Do not expect to be able to please this person. Their belief is that there is never enough for them, which means no matter how much you give them, they are still stuck in scarcity and are unlikely to wake up to the abundance of love they have as a result of you. The other thing that we need to do is recognize that all the narcissist is doing is mirroring vibrations and suppressed feelings within us. So take a good look at how the narcissist is making you feel. Do they make you feel unloved, unworthy? Do you feel invisible? Do you feel used? Get into an attitude of pre-manifestation and recognize the fact 
that these feelings were already present within you in the first place. In fact, they had to be present for you to even attract this person into your reality. Where did those feelings really begin? We need to make the healing process relative to narcissism about ourselves instead of about the narcissist if we're going to find healing. We need to understand that they are only mirroring us, that our entire reality, in fact, is only mirroring vibrations within us. We will find improvement in these areas of our lives the minute that we start to address the issues themselves within us instead of continue to remain distracted by the external reflection. A narcissist is nothing more than a reflection of those unhealed parts within ourselves. Have a good week. Thank you.